Hey. Say hi, Lydia. Hey, what's up? This is Lydical. <laughs> Today we're doing a speed run on We're doing animal a facts. speed run on animal facts. Um, you literally just said that. Just... <laughs> Listen, I'm not I'm not at my top think today. I feel like that's going to be a theme in this podcast me going, "Yeah, my brain isn't fully functioning." No, it just isn't. Oh, okay. That was a full sentence. <laughs> full stop. Just not. All right, should I start with some animal news? Yeah, give me that hot animal news. What's going Fresh on in the world of off animals? the heckin' press. Didn't swear. Fresh off the press. Uh, a new Tyrannosaur, uh, which is a not Tyrannosaurus Rex, there are other types of Tyrannosaurs. Um, a new okay, Tyrannosaur. Okay, so an old Tyrannosaur. <laughs> no, well, he is newly discovered, I should say. Um, na- his name is Despletosaurus Horneri. Oh. Not because he was horny, but because he was named after famed paleontologist Jack Horner. Anyway, has been discovered, and what's Where exciting... Where found? I didn't look that up. I had... <laughs> you can look it up yourself. Jesus. The people um, come to us for science, Lydia. <laughs> I can't... I'm not responsible for every fact. Um, but the, the important thing is that the fossil had evidence that there were a bunch of... Don't gesture to your roommate while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Sorry. They're not wired headphones. They're Bluetooth. So Sorry, you're just going to interrupt the entire middle of our podcast to just well, give your roommate advice. I would like advice. to argue that it's the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> well, it's about to be the middle if we don't get back on track. Okay. okay. Um, anyway, the exciting thing about Despletosaurus Horneri, 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 is that... Uh, is that it has a bunch of uh, nerve openings in the in the snout what? of the fossil, so that there were it it probably had like a very sensitive little face, and okay. this suggests that tyrannosaurs went around like nuzzling things oh. since their arms were too short, and so they were just like, oh, how what does this rock feel like? And then they nuzzled it, and <laughs> probably so it was also cute. used in social behavior too, like some some really cute like nuzzling. Um, so that's some good animal news. Yeah, so when you said that it had lots of nasal, uh, nerve-ending openings, I genuinely, I completely misunderstood, and I was picturing, like, a star-nosed mole, like, with tentacles coming out of its face. You know what? We don't actually know that it's not that, so... Oh. <laughs> We're just assuming it's not, but in, in reality, we could find out all kinds of things. Flesh is not preserved. We can only guess. So. <laughs> Why isn't there more paleo art of tentacle noses? Well, there's some interesting. Have you read the book All Yesterdays? There's some. That's the one with all the weird, like. You know, I haven't read that book. <laughs> well, it's the one with the weird, like, if cows were drawn oh, like. We draw okay. those yeah. pictures. Yeah. Anyway, I should go on to more animal news. Yeah. Um. 20-year-old, 20 20-million-year-old 20 monkey blood. Oh, We what found about it? some. Um, inside a tick, inside some amber. So oh, people are like, oh, Jurassic you could make... Jurassic Park is real. It's not because there's no DNA in monkey blood cells, and that's basically 
basically they're fossilized, but not like actually like the genetic material is not in red blood cells, and it's oh. also just it's not there. But it's cool because it tells paleontologists some things about the time. So that's cool. It's <laughs> the oldest mammal blood cells ever discovered. That is. Um, and uh, and the a species of. A uh, feralized dog uh, called the New Guinea Wild Highland Dog, which was thought to be extinct, was rediscovered in the South Pacific really recently. And this is exciting because even though it probably came from an early domestic dog, a very early one, it, because it was so early, it has some really interesting behavior, some really interesting things we could learn about early doggos. Um, so that's dogs. neat. They're good dogs, Brent. They're so good. Um, a dog got on a soccer field during an English soccer game. I saw that. And play had to be stopped for seven minutes while they tried to catch it. Good oh. animal news. Um, pigeons can spot breast cancer in images with accuracy as good or greater than human technicians. How did we start researching that? Why did we start giving x-rays to pigeons? Well, there were them? a strange amount of um, study, studying visual, like, acuity and cognition in pigeons, I guess. Like, they've trained them to detect the difference, like, between... I think it was, like, works by Leonardo da Vinci and other artists, but then they were able to fool them with, like, really convincing fakes, too. Yeah. So. I feel like we talked about this. <laughs> anyway, um, that's pigeons and, and breast cancer, so say hello to your new pigeon doctors. Um, <laughs> so, um, I now require all cancer oncologists to have pet pigeons just like honestly in the article they were like yeah we could just not train um people anymore because pigeons work for free (laughs) 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 um but uh anyway here's uh two headlines that i love um and i'm not really going to talk about the articles but the first headline is wall lizard becomes accustomed to humans and stops hiding which i love because it sounds like it's about one lizard who just felt (laughs) better (laughs) It was just like, oh, I'm safe. It's okay. They're not going to hurt me. Um, and then there's a second one that was like right underneath it that goes, predatory lizard enters Brazil clandestinely. Oh. So I, I just feel like it's the same lizard who it's got really confident and he's like, now I'm going to go to Brazil. <laughs> and clandestinely. Um, My favorite and- animal headline of the week. I don't even know if it was this week. Was <laughs> You have no idea how mysterious whale vaginas are. Oh, that was such a good one. And <laughs> and um and the other one was um this snake is this snake's penis has never been seen and we might never get to see it because it's going extinct or something like that. <laughs> it was so good. Um, oh, oh are man. writing these these uh these like clickbait animal <laughs> dick headlines is I might exactly it. They're clickbait. So good. So good. Thank um, you, journalists. Hang on. What's that sound? New crab! New crab! Another new crab! Another new crab! in a row! It is found in India. It is a species called, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Kani Maranjandu. Are they just scientists going around trying to find new crabs? Yes! Specifically? There are, actually. That's a thing you could do. You could just find crabs. 
Um, it is another tree climbing crab. Uh, I didn't actually see how big it was because the other one from last week is very small. But this one has very long legs. Like, oh. they're so long that the scientists were like, well, we have to put it in its own genus. This is unlike any other crab's legs. Oh, jeez. Um, and it was named in honor of the Kani tribe. Again, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Who helped biologists catch the specimens because they were basically like, yo, there's, like, long-legged crabs. And the scientists were like, what? And Where? then they were like, show us. let's go. We'll show you in the river. And they were like, there they are. And they were like, oh, my God, you guys. This Thank is a new crab. <laughs> Thanks for the crab. So, good job. Wow, um, this is, all, like, two crabs in as many weeks. That is There's a lot of crabs. A lot of hidden crabs out there. What can I say? Finally, um, you may have, have seen this video floating around, but a badger was recently filmed um, burying an entire ca cow carcass in four uh, days. Pardon? <laughs> I have not seen this video. Well, it, so some scientists, it, it, was, it was a calf. I think it was like half grown. So it wasn't like a... a full cow but it was a large it was a full like calf um and uh, they were doing a study of some sort on um scavenging behavior mm -hmm. so they left this calf out and put a camera over it and then four days later like boy it's just gone and there's a badger den there now <laughs> and then so if you look up this video you can find like a time lapse of over four days this badger just furiously burying this entire cow and then so like sitting and looking really happy was it why was it burying it for no reason it just was no to save it for later oh to, do badgers eat cows they will eat anything they want dude oh badgers okay. aren't er, badgers are predators i don't know why i thought they were like insectivores no they're no they're okay. related to weasels oh okay <laughs> that explains that you remember i mean don't you remember the watership down trailer where that badger is like ha ah! No. Predator. You made a gif of it for oh, me. Oh, yeah, I did. I did make a gif of it for me. <laughs> and it was like, nah, nah, I'm gonna eat you, rabbits. <laughs> and that's exactly how the movie was the whole time. Yeah. It was a very fun and happy movie where no one died. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love Watership Down, though, because I'm that kind of person. Anyway, that's it for animal news. No more news. No more news. Uh... I don't have a fun story to introduce the topic for this week. Do you have a fun story? I could. I could come up with one while you talk. <laughs> Just make one up? Sure. Well, this week's animal rhymes with the last two weeks' animal. I know. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, wow, we really are on a trend here. It's completely accidental. Lydia was like, you want to do this animal or this animal? And I think arbitrarily... We just settled on cats. Yeah, it's cats this it's week. Cats. Spoiler, it's probably in the title, it's cats. Yeah, it's cats. Sorry. Yeah. It's the Nians. Actually, I'm not sorry because I love them. You know. Yeah. After adopting Remus, my life, I, like, I never was one of those, like, oh my god, cats people. Like, I never, like, cared more about cat memes than any other meme, I guess. Mm -hmm. But after adopting Remus, I'm like, have you seen this cat meme? Yes, I you that has happened to you and to like three other friends who recently got cats that I know. So it's just like cats do something to people. It's probably that weird uh, parasite Toxoplasma gondii. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just kidding. That thing. Ha there's so, research is mixed on that. Don't worry about it. 
Unless uh, you're pregnant. Can you give us like a quick synopsis of taxoplasm? It's a parasite found in cat feces that's originally adapted um, to uh, basically go into mice. Like cats are the secondary host and mice are the first host. Oh. I didn't look this up, so I'm going off of the skin of my butt here, but this is what I remember. Um, <laughs> you combine like three different phrases there. <laughs> Yeah, um, and so so it, it's it's adapted. It, it likes to be in little mouse brains, but it needs cats to be its second host. So what it does is when it gets into little mousey brain, it makes them attracted to cat pee. Um, so they're like sniffing the cat pee, and presumably it's near a cat, which then eats it. Yeah, and then poops it out, and the cycle begins again. Beautiful. Well, I can um, tell you but, that um, has never eaten a mouse. Well, it and then it eventually gets into human brains, inevitably, and I think it's supposed to not be good for pregnant women, which is why pregnant women shouldn't scoop litter, um, mm-hmm. but now there's there's theories that it's having some effect on human brains, uh, in that it might be correlated with higher rates of schizophrenia in cat owners, but... The I think the results are confounded by the fact that I think that just people who own cats are just Neurotic. slightly more likely to... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I wouldn't take too much stock in it because the differences are very small and the research is... It's more of an interest thing than a thing that would actually should actually make you concerned. But, uh... Yeah, so I don't, I didn't even mean to talk about it in this podcast, but there's that segue. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah, No, I can tell you, if Remus saw a mouse, he would probably meow at me until I got rid of it for him. I don't know. He was trying to go after my gerbils when I was watching him. Although I don't know necessarily to kill as much as it's a move. Yeah. It's a moving Mm -hmm. and it's a touch and it's a meow. No, he saw a beetle once and he was terrified of it. Beetles are scary. They are. I hate them. Anyway. No. Don't hate. Appreciate. <laughs> we don't... You know what? I'm putting in a new rule. We don't say we hate any species or that they're gross or anything because that just is bad. This well, is what I tell kids all the time. Not you. Cool. We have to I'm change our perceptions. You can think it, but don't say it because then people will imitate you. All of our impressionable viewers... You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, go on. Go on with your story. Where do we want to start? Where? I where thought you were going to tell a Remus tale. No, I mean I've talked enough about him right now, and I'm sure I will talk more about him later. So let's just let's just jump right into it. Let's just dive into cats. Let's just get ankle deep in cats. <laughs> in cats. Lydia, what's a cat? It's not very deep. It's it's a nyan. It's a nya. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, a cat is a small carnivore, and um, it is technically a subspecies of the African wildcat, um, which is a species found in the Middle East and North Africa. Um, and if you look at them, they look pretty much exactly like cats like to like just an ordinary tabby cat like if you saw one you'd be like yeah that's just an ordinary cat except that they maybe have like longer legs and like if they open their mouths you're kind of like that's hmm, that's a danger mouth um very sharp (laughs) they have those very distinct black lips that cats have 
Uh, that wildcats tend to have. Um, so that kind of is a clue that it's a danger. And they will not let you pet them, which is another clue. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think that that's very different from a lot of cats I met. Well, th- they are quite different in that. Yeah. I think very right now. And they do look like mean tabby cats. Oh, they're not mean. Well, not I mean, mean, but they would be, but <laughs> if you harass danger them. Danger tabbies. Yeah, danger meows. Um, so anyway, I so I guess if we want to go a little further back into the cat family, they are a branch of mammals. One of two they're in one of two main branches of mammalian carnivores. Um, one is the caniforms, which includes the doggos, the seals, the bears, the weasels. And then the other is, is feliforms, which includes the cats, the hyenas, the mongooses, and... Um, what about foxes? Foxes are doggos. Oh, okay. And uh, the, the civets are cats, and so on and so forth. Or not cats, but feliforms. Cats okay. are one family cats in feliforms. And there are two main branches of the family. One is Panthera, which is the big boys. And one is Felis, which is the little boys. Um, And there are a lot of species of little itty-bitty kitties. And uh, one of them happens to be the wildcat. Um, And they are still kind of genetically close, which is why you can have, like, successful successful matings between, like, servals and um, domestic cats. But I disapprove of those, so that's <laughs> that's a conversation for a later date. But um, naughty breeding. Naughty breeding. Why do you need a hybrid? Just get a regular cat. What's wrong with regular cats? Why do not you, dangerous enough? Why do you not have enough? Not anyway. Whatever. <laughs> I I could grumble about it, but um. So they were so cats come from African wild cats. This happened. Or this started to happen rather maybe about ten thousand years ago is is the okay. the the earliest estimate. Um, the earliest fossil kitty that they assume was starting to be domesticated um, was found in Cyprus and it was buried with its with a person. So clearly somebody loved that cat. Um, and, but uh, there are no native cat species on Cyprus, so it was clearly an import. I'm going to turn off my video because it is so distracting watching you smell that thing. Oh, I didn't know. I forgot that you could see me. It's a sea urchin and it smells like vinegar. And it's Why like... are you smelling it? Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't decide if it... I don't know. <laughs> it's vinegar. Okay, so... Continue. Uh, it was probably dissolved in something vinegar. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Cyprus... It clearly wasn't from Cyprus because there are no native wildcats in Cyprus. Right. So somebody brought it there. So clearly they were already starting to be domesticated. And the reason they began to be domesticated was not necessarily because people were like, Oh, a kitten. Let me just <laughs> take that. Um, that in, Throughout history, just taking an animal because it's cute has happened many times, but doesn't generally result in domestication because inevitably cute animals grow up and then mm-hmm. you're like, why? I don't want this. <laughs> this was me. a mistake. Um, so it started rather because um, people began to do things like farm and right. then they had lots of grains and they would store the grains and then the grains were tasty and so rodents were like, hey, I'm a small mammal that likes to gnaw on grains. 
let me just get up in that business. And uh, then because there were little mouses, there were cats. Cats were like, hey, I eat mice. Um, and there were a lot here, so I'm just gonna stay here. And humans were like, what are you? And then they were like, hey, you're killing the mouses. We'll feed you additionally <laughs> to keep you around. And that's how the cats were made. Um, well, actually... Okay, oh, okay. So, so was this around, like, Egypt, kind of? Well, it, it began in the Middle East, and then in Egypt... Cats got really, uh, cats became a thing. Cats were really a big, big old trend in Egypt. Yeah. So that was around 4,000 years ago-ish when, like, all of a sudden they were like, oh my god, cats. Like, the cat (laughs) memes were intense in in ancient Egypt. Oh my god. Well, the reason Uh, I mentioned it, I mean, I do have a lot of information about uh, (laughs) Egypt and cats, but uh, (laughs) was also because you mentioned that a person in Cyprus uh, was buried with a cat um and that there Mm -hmm. are no native cats in cyprus Mm -hmm. um and so in in greece and rome what happened was the egyptians would bring cats with them or people would smuggle cats out of egypt yeah because they weren't allowed out (laughs) but what happened was the greeks would look at the cats and they would say what is this? We don't need this. We already have weasels. <laughs> we don't need anyone <laughs> to catch our rats. So they essentially like didn't care about them really. So there's not a whole lot of information about Greeks and cats because they were more into weasels. Mm-hmm. Uh, big weasel fans. Big weasel fans. Except um, they did think they were cute, so they did keep yes. them as companions. Yeah, I was actually reading about that as well. And the great thing is that not only did Egyptians not want cats to go out of the country, like they were very possessive of them because they were, I guess mm. they were sacred-ish. Oh, very um, sacred. Do not even yeah. say ish. <laughs> um, but, uh, and so they would actually send like agents out when they heard like a cat had been taken out of the country to repatriate oh, the cats, like to bring them back to Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing um but eventually they did spread so they were in greece by 480 bce and then in china around 200 bce and interestingly the chinese had already begun domesticating another species of cat which was the leopard cat um but once uh the african wildcat variant came along then they were like screw it this one's more done than ours <laughs> So yeah, we'll take I mean, it. If I had to choose between something called a leopard cat and like They're very cute. a semi-domesticated wildcat, I would definitely, no matter how cute the leopard cat was, I would definitely be like, ah, oh, this one's probably a lot harder than what those other guys are doing. Yeah, well, who knows how it would have gone if the Chinese had started earlier on it, you know, started the project a <laughs> little earlier. on the cat domestication tip. Yeah, and and this isn't this isn't an isolated case. Several species of small cats and, like you said, um, weasels and ferrets were started starting to be domesticated kind of around the world because it was kind of a useful niche as people started farming. But then, as as the cats spread, they kind of obliterated all the competition. <laughs> and they were like, "We are the rat catchers of human choice." Goodbye. Were, were cats domesticated before dogs? 
No. Dogs no. were the first domesticated animal. And some reports put them as early as 100,000 years ago. More conservative reports put them, like, or estimates put them around 40,000 years ago. It's okay. uh, it's kind of up in the air. But no, dogs were first and they were before we even had agriculture. We were just like, a doggo. <laughs> Dogs are so good. <laughs> yes, they are. And weird. Behaviorally very I was picturing, weird. picturing, like, a Neanderthal looking at a homo sapien. That's stupid. And then the homo sapien is like, they're good dogs. <laughs> they're good dogs, Kronk. I wonder if Neanderthals did have dogs, though. They might... I can't remember. I, I, I Yeah, I don't know if it was... I'm trying to think. Well, no, I guess it would have been too far. I don't know. Maybe that... we killed them all with our dogs. I mean, we did kill and eat them all, but... <laughs> no, we didn't kill and eat them all. Some we screwed. Well, yeah, but they're gone is the point, and we yes, ended up are. with the dogs. Isn't it weird to think that there were several species of humans living at the same time? It's, at it's some wild. points in history? It's, <laughs> it's wild. Um, but that always is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lydia! <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, but if you think it would be like, I mean, forget racism. Let's go to speciesism. Am I right, humans? That would have been really aggravating to just deal with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the discourse. The discourse. Oh, man. Okay. Um, sapien privilege. Anyway. <laughs> one last cat thing. Uh, Romans were way into cats, and they mm -hmm. spread them basically around to the rest of Europe and to Asia. Vikings took cats on their ships, and cats being on ships is probably how cats spread literally to Everywhere every continent. Else. Even uh, even Antarctica, there are a couple cats living at, like, research stations there. Yeah. So they have won. They won the game. <laughs> they conquered us. Yes, they did. Uh, it, they are, there are about 500 million cats, I uh -huh. believe, in the world. And That's they are <laughs> the most popular pet in the world. Um, so, and, and consider that there's, like... Maybe, I, I didn't check the exact number, but there's like maybe 25,000 African wild cats in the Jeez. wild and 500 million domestic cats. So clearly they've, they've hit on a good, uh, a good deal there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so, no, uh, like. That's a lot of neans. Uh, the Greeks and Romans, uh, the Greek essayist Plutarch, uh, he had a weird Quote, he associated cats with cleanliness because, quote, unnatural odors made them mad. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably referring to the Fleming response. Can uh, you tell me what that is? <laughs> oh, yes, I can. Uh, the Fleming response is, let me go down to, so I'm not talking out of my butt again, um, is when um, they kind of open their mouth and grimace oh. and kind of stick their tongue out. So you'll see them do that, like, sometimes when they're smelling, like, shoes or something that's kind of stinky. People yeah. are like, oh, he thinks it's gross. But actually, <laughs> he's trying to get a better bead on it because they have an organ at the top of their mouth called the Jacob's organ or their vomeral nasal organ, which detects pheromones. So they're just being like, <sighs> like getting that, getting <laughs> that getting stench up sniff. in there. Yeah, getting that real good. <laughs> stuff and uh, it looks really stupid and i love it and and horses do it too and it's terrifying when horses do it i think that new meme of the white cat is probably exhibiting the Fleming. what response. new meme i haven't seen this meme it's like a i don't 
maybe it's not a meme exactly, but my friend made it her icon on Tumblr. <laughs> I have a few friends who made it their icon on Tumblr. What is it? Send it to me. All right, I'll send it to you. In the I need set. the hot memes. The hot memes. I need to- fresh <laughs> I need off the press. press. <laughs> now by Monday. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned, like, boats took them everywhere, because cats actually, uh, polydactyl cats in, uh, specifically were kept by sailors. Can you uh, explain to our listeners what polydactyl cats are? Uh, yeah. Polydactyl means they have mul- more fingers than the average cat. And uh, how many fingers does the average cat have? <laughs> Is it five? Yes, good job. <laughs> well, they don't. They don't actually have fingers. The, the Paws, it would be toes, toes, beans, beans, beans is acceptable scientifically. Yeah. So, uh, polydactyl cats have six. I don't know if they can have more than six. Probably they can. Yeah. Um. So, uh, polydactyl cats uh, were kept by sailors. Um, because they were good luck, and also they were really good at climbing, probably because of that extra finger. Uh, so they were good at, like, catching rats on the ships and stuff. And actually, Ernest Hemingway... I went to the Hemingway house a while ago, and maybe I'm misremembering the story, but what happened was his son was, like, working on the docks, and as a thank you for his work, the sailors gave him a polydactyl cat, as a thank you instead of money so he came home with the cat and Hemingway uh. made him go back to the dock and work more to get more polydactyl cats <laughs> so if you go to the Hemingway house in Key West it's currently home to about 50 cats and about 50, about 50% of those cats are polydactyl nice I don't know if polydactylism actually has any advantages but I can see how people would believe it does or just think it's lucky, but I don't know if that's actually a thing. It well, might be a disadvantage. Well, maybe. Well, you could get that extra toe caught in anything and then be like, ah, meow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is, they, they, they're kind of cute, but they're also kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird to look they're at freaks. their toes. It's kind of weird to look at their toes and be like, oh my god, that's, like, immediately, like, that's more toes than I... <laughs> Anticipated. Yeah. My, yeah, my, one of my best friends has a polyductal cat, and her toes are in, in extreme, just extreme <laughs> toes. Um, it just yeah. looks like they're, they have, like, like, if they were wearing pants, they would be very frilly pants with mm-hmm. a hem that hangs down, and then it's like, oh, that's your toes. I don't know. This probably doesn't make much sense. I'm tired. It um, looks like they have thumbs. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, so let me see. I mean, I can talk more about. Like, yeah, give me, to... give me some yeah, stories. Sure. So you also talked about um, the Chinese were uh, domesticating the leopard cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't really find anything that was specific to just China. Maybe I just didn't look hard enough. But everything I saw that was about China... Mostly what I found was uh, actually imported from Japan, uh, which talked about uh, different kinds of cats. So the Japanese bobtail, uh, the maneki neko, which means the beckoning cat. If you ever go to like a sushi mm-hmm. restaurant or a Japanese restaurant, you see that cat and it's just sitting there and it's holding a coin and it's 
I don't know why I'm doing the motion because no one can see this, but it's sort of like holding its front paw out and it's got like big eyes. So that's called the, the maneki neko or the beckoning cat. Yeah, and my dad uh, went to Japan and got me one of those. Well, I think when actually, I was little. Uh, they're from. They're thought to originate during the Edo period, which is as early as the 1600s, as late as the 1800s. But they didn't get popular until the Meiji period, which is in the 1800s to early 1900s. And uh, there are a lot of different origin stories about how it came to be, but generally it involves like like a poor temple owner or restaurant owner. Uh, what was that sound? Lydia? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I lost you. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Uh, basically, like a poor restaurant owner or temple owner taking in a stray cat, and then once the cat's well-fed and taken care of, it sits, it sits outside and it sort of tries to get pat- uh, patrons to come in by beckoning. That's why it's holding out its paw like that. In Japan, uh, sort of waving your hand downwards means come here. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually uh, one of the most famous I've stories. I've seen the animes. <laughs> <laughs> we like, all know you've seen the animes. Or whatever kochi. it is. <laughs> quite, quite. Anyway, uh, the most popular story is that uh, uh, a temple owner was yelling at his cat for not doing anything to help the temple, which seems like a weird thing to yell at a cat for. <laughs> for, like, being a freeloader. Yeah, it's been done throughout history, though. <laughs> uh, the cat went outside, and it saw a lord standing under a tree. So the cat beckoned the lord over, and just as the lord got there, the tree got stuck, struck by lightning. So the lord, who was thankful to the cat, became a patron of the temple and made it very prosperous. Um... And there's another story that specifically relates to the Gotokuji temple, um, which is why if you ever go to the, that specific temple, Gotokuji, uh, there are just like millions of Maniki Neko like statues, <laughs> like a <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> it's like, hey, come here, come here, come here. Would you say that they are um, catcalling? Yeah, they are catcalling. They're cats calling. <laughs> And there are different types of maneki neko, but the most common kind is the tricolor Japanese bobtail. Uh, and there are, like, different ones, like white cats are purity and happiness. The black cat is warding off evil spirits and stalkers. Uh, but, yeah, the tricolor, the Japanese bobtail, is the most common kind. And Japanese bobtails are interesting to me because they have, like, kind of rabbit-like tails, you know? Like, they have the really short mm-hmm. tails. And I also found that, um, this may sound really scattered, but it don't make sense when I get to the end of it. Uh, the Japanese also believe that uh, once a cat reaches a certain age, it grows a second tail and mm-hmm. starts to walk on its hind legs, and it becomes a demon called a nekomata. Or a furry. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so I'm nekomata- sorry, furries. I love you. <laughs> I, I do. You're very good. You're nice. <laughs> You're so good at drawing dragons. <laughs> and other animals, and I there's guess dragons no furry would be judging scaly. here. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Scalies, yes. Yeah. So, so Nekomata are uh, like these demon cats, and uh, because they have two tails, uh, there was a period of time where it was believed that if you cut off a kitten's tail, 
it wouldn't grow the second tail. So it would never run into the problem of becoming a, a problem. <laughs> so like what happened was like, there was just like a period of time in Japan where people were cutting off cattails. And I Ooh. wonder if that's related to how uh, the Japanese bobtail became popular because it doesn't have the tail or maybe mm-hmm. it was bred because it doesn't have the tail. I don't think that you can just keep cutting off cattails and eventually cats will evolve to not no, have No, that, that's a very Lamarckian theory of evolution, which is not <laughs> Yeah, true. I was going to say, that doesn't sound real. <laughs> um, I mean, it could be that just they were selected for in that cats whose tails were cut off got infections and died more often. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know about that. that. That is interesting. I would have to look that up. Um, yeah, I tried to find, like, the the history of the breed, but I couldn't get much more detail. Mm-hmm. Than... Well, the good thing about the breed, as compared to other tailless cats, I think specifically the Manx cat, mm-hmm. is that it's a very healthy breed, um, and it doesn't have spinal issues, which can happen in cats who are born with shortened tail, versus the Manx, which I wouldn't advise anyone to buy, largely because they have... Um, pretty much inborn spinal bifida and other issues that are very sad and I don't think they should be bred like that anymore. But the Japanese bobtail, partially because it's such an old breed, has a lot of genetic diversity and it's very healthy as far as I know. So hear that everyone yeah. if you're looking for a cat with no tail. Or a very the small tail. Bobtails instead of the <laughs> instead of the Manx. Yeah, because yeah, the Manx cats can sometimes be born with not only not a tail, but a few like links less to the main part of the spine and it causes all sorts of issues so yeah it's 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 not a happy man hmm. yeah are we gonna stop being weeaboos <laughs> no i just like to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so what was i gonna say so the person uh, who just talked about japanese cats i know long. right and and you pronounced everything like really seriously like where Sorry. i'm just like Oh, yeah, so Japan. Japanese for <laughs> yeah. like a year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the true, the, the true gaijin here. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to find a fact that I can segue that into. Uh, we plan this podcast really good. Yeah, we're um, really good at that. Um, so yeah, uh, well, an interesting fact is that the orange gene the gene for orange fur in cats um originated in asia minor which i guess is mainly turkey but it it it, uh originated there and spread out and you can actually trace different genes where they originated in domesticated populations Mm -hmm. and then kind of spread out throughout the world um because cats are just constantly screwing and interbreeding with each other they're very good at that they're very good at at breeding and being where they shouldn't be and in fact um keep your cats indoors kids and spay and neuter them because they have caused 33 different bird species to go extinct because they Uh, love to murder yeah they're little machines of murder even if you think oh my cat would never murder he will she will (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and in fact uh let me tell you more about their murdering um (laughs) please do so they uh people see a cat and they're like okay it bites it and it's dead but do you know how it's dead it uh Um, so they they have actually evolved um they're you know they have two very sharp canines and they're very narrowly spaced um specifically because 
they evolved to eat small rodents. And so mm-hmm. what they do is they slip those little canines into the spinal column okay. of a rodent and they separate the vertebra and sever the spinal cord. Jesus. Okay. Thank so you. So the nice thing about, about it is it's a much quicker death than many wild animals get. Oh. It, it's pretty instant. But um, then so if it's... This. In yeah. the podcast, no such thing as a fish. They were talking about how ferrets do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and and then sometimes cats were like, "Is it dead? I'll play with it a little bit, and <laughs> just then to make sure." Make sure. <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, cats are so mean." And I'm like, "No, they just have no empathy. No, <laughs> they're just evil little. <laughs> they're just sociopaths. No. Uh, well, they have. They some... go into a dissociative state and commit atrocities. <laughs> exactly." Um, yeah, so, let's see. Uh, you, you jump in with another story while I... Sure. I mean, I can talk about a few other cultures before we get to the big one, which is medieval Europe. Oh, Um, boy. Oh, all the fun stuff they did to cats. (laughs) So, uh, in in Scandinavia, um, the the goddess Freya, she Mm. is the Norse goddess of love, fertility, domesticity, uh, and supposedly her chariot was pulled by two cats, two Norwegian forest cats, and uh, which are like the big fluffy ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, supposedly farmers would leave dishes of milk out for them, and if you did, uh, you would be gifted with a bountiful harvest. And uh, because of Freya's association with domesticity and uh, love and stuff, worshippers would ask for like marital blessings of her and her cats. Uh, so, uh, now, so consequently what, what? Oh, go on I was just uh, going to say couldn't these cats also fly uh, probably if they like I'm, I'm picturing like a like a Santa's reindeer kind of situation but just two cats because uh, I thought they had wings well the only reason I asked this is because I used them in a story once um, the, the flying cats <laughs> and I was looking up all kinds of flying cat myths and stuff but, uh... <laughs> my little writer yeah I'm just your little writer okay go on anyway so there were a lot of superstitions in Scandinavia consequently about cats and weddings uh, so girls who value cats will definitely marry and giving newlyweds a black cat is good luck uh, and if someone steps on a cat's tail, they will not marry for a year. And if mm. a woman feeds a cat before she goes to her wedding, she will have a happy marriage. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. It's really nice. In Islam, uh, supposedly the the prophet had a cat named Moiza, um, and it was his favorite cat. And one night while he was dressing himself, or no, one morning while he was dressing himself to attend the call to prayer, he discovered Moiso was curled up in his robe sleeve. And so instead instead of uh, taking Moiso out of the robe, he actually just cut the sleeve of the robe off. <laughs> that so sounds then, very familiar. It sounds like, like that the Chinese, Chinese uh, gay... cut sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the gay, <laughs> the gay Chinese uh, emperor <laughs> who was just like, nah, I won't wake up my baby boy. I'm just going to cut the sleeve. It is exactly the same story, except it's the prophet and his cat, Moeza. Well, I'm glad that they both loved their cats. Yes. <laughs> cat in the Chinese emperor's case being what he called his lover. Well, isn't that what they call the lovers in Japan? Nikos? 
I have never heard of it. I have. But maybe I'm just more in the gay Japanese scene than you. The the the, the top is a is a gay tachi, Japanese cultures because and the bottom is a neko, I think. Uh it, we're not I talking think that's about slang. This in our- what? It's culturally significant. <laughs> Keep it together over there. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> so he cut the sleeve of his robe off? <laughs> Just gonna pretend that never happened, huh? And on a separate occasion, he, he returned from the mosque, and the cat bowed to him. So he smiled, and he pet her head, and he promised her a place in heaven, and bestowed upon all cats the ability to land on all fours. That was nice of him. Thanks. Prophet Muhammad. I'm not sure if, as a non-Muslim, I'm supposed to say praise be unto him after his name. Probably not. Okay. I don't know. But, um... Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Thanks, brah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the last one I have before Medieval Europe is uh, Egypt. Another big one. Oh, that, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were so, a little too into their cats, if you know what I mean. You're just yeah. like, oof. <laughs> Calm down. Very inappropriate. Well, no, but like, well, they did revere their. (laughs) I'm also ignoring that. Anyway, (laughs) well, not that they they just revered their their very uh, lascivious lifestyles, from what I read. Okay, (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, they they were a symbol of sexuality. Yeah. So, but anyway, so there. I know culture. Bamboos, baboons. (laughs) Oh yes. Anyway, uh, the domestic cat was. I mean, it was revered because it was ability, it, because of its ability to kill pests and vermin, uh, but also snakes, especially cobras, which if you live in Egypt, cobras are a big problem, or were a big problem, I don't know if they still are, but uh, the punishment for harming a cat was really severe. In about 60 BC, there was a, uh, we have a recorded incident of a Roman accidentally killing a cat, Ugh, and Romans. a angry mob formed immediately <laughs> and executed him in the Honestly, street. Honestly, me too, though. <laughs> Even though the pharaoh himself, Pharaoh Ptolemy the 7th, or no, the 12th, I'm not good at Roman numerals, Pharaoh Ptolemy the 12th plead the crowd not to, and the crowd executed this guy anyway for killing him. Good. Honestly. Um, <laughs> cats also received the same mummification rights as humans. We've all probably seen mummified cats um, mm-hmm. but it was because um, the ancient Egyptians had the lion-headed, lion-headed goddess Mafta and then after her uh, Bastet took mm-hmm. her place and she was more of a calm uh, goddess of fertility and motherhood and she also had a lion head and then there was a third lion-headed goddess Sekhmet uh, who is very fierce and warlike. So mummified cats were sort of seen as like a, an offering to these goddesses. Mm-hmm. And according to the Greek historian Herodotus, in the event of a fire, uh, men would actually guard the fire to make sure cats wouldn't run into the flames. <laughs> <laughs> I guess cats just do that, apparently. Yeah, cat, you know cats love fire. One time Remus put his nose in, in a fire. <laughs> he had a candle lit and he put his nose on the fire. Oh, I, I think that's just Remus, it. though. He's not yeah. representative of the intelligence of all cats. <laughs> He's a special boy. 
yeah, so when a cat died, the household would go into mourning as if it were a family member, like a human family member, and they would shave their eyebrows off to signify the mm. loss. They were, they were like super part of the family. And then under Shoshank I, which is the first century, uh, Bubastis? 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 I don't know. I, I know what you're Bubastis. talking about. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was sort of like the center of worship for the goddess Bastet, and it became like a really prominent city uh, because at the time Bastet was becoming more and more popular of a goddess. And so Bubastis became the center of the cult of the cat. And mm -hmm. thousands of pilgrims would make their way to Babastis each year to celebrate. And uh, in the center was a large temple which was home to a number of sacred cats. Uh, and they were all pampered by the temple priests and the pilgrims would donate to take care of them. And the population was actually so large that um, kittens would be sacrificially culled, mummified, and then sold as relics to pilgrims. Nice. And then amulets featuring kittens and cats were super popular with women who were desperate to have children and they would pray to have the same number of children as kittens in the litter on the amulet. And then eventually the cult of, ba uh, of Bestet and the cult of the cat was officially banned by the imperial decree in 390 AD. What? Dang. <laughs> Dang. I do remember reading about it a bit, this quote from like some English like grave robber slash archaeologist who is like, man, you can go around here anywhere and it's just like so many cat mummies have been buried that the ground is like solid cat. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean... His ground is 99% <laughs> cat. And just a lot of cat. Dirt. Yeah, um, yeah. I that... read that in Europe, they would oft, uh, there was like a superstition that if you, if you, if you cemented a cat alive in the foundation of a building, it would bring the building good luck. Well, That's very upsetting. Europeans did a lot Europeans of mean things to cats. did a lot of bad things to cats. Yeah, like, Middle East, uh, in Asia, things were pretty okay, but, like, Europe was a bad place to be a cat. Yeah. Oof. Everybody um, wants to be a cat until Except in Europe. <laughs> um, so, uh, did you know that there's a theory that the word cat and other... Rom uh, romance language variants of cat comes mm -hmm. from the Nubian word Cadiz. Uh, oh. So uh, a Middle Eastern origin, Middle Eastern African origin. And the, you know, cats are called pussy cats or puss. Oh. And that may be derived from the Roman Romanian word uh, pisica. Or I'm not pronouncing it right. Pisica? I don't know. <laughs> Pusica, I don't know. But anyway, that is theorized to derive from Posh, which is another name for Bastet. Oh. So, possibly. Bastet. That's a theory. Um, I know that in Spanish, at least my mom, she calls cats pisingatos. Oh, <laughs> they do that. Um, well, no, pissing like <laughs> pussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, tabby, the word tabby comes from... Um, uh, a neighborhood in Baghdad, Bag Baghdad, not Baghdad. Bag uh, speaking is hard. Um, that that was so in in this neighborhood in Baghdad, which was called um, Atabi. Uh, they made a special kind of striped fabric that looked like oh. a tabby cat's. Was uh, uh, that fur. confirmed, or did you say that? No, that this theory. one this one is more confirmed than the first two. Okay. The first two are like because it's such a gap between the right. use. Yeah. But this one, uh, we're pretty sure that's where it comes from. 
so they, they were called like, you know, a tabby cats and then tabby cats. Aww, um, tabs. Yeah, little tabs. And tabby is the ancestral look for a cat because that is obviously what African wildcats look like. That's the top cat. Top cat appearance, tabby. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's peak cat. It, it, it is a good look. You gotta admit, it's a I good like look black for cats. a cat. I'm a bit partial to black I know. Cats. I like all cats um, because I'm not Every racist. Every cat is good. <laughs> I have uh, an orange cat at home, and she is one of the rare Daddy. female orange cats. Uh, because uh, orange cats have a one in four chance of being female, and then like the three quarters of the rest of the time they're male. Because um, the orange gene is found on the X chromosome. You're getting this oh. cat fact out of the blue. Um, <laughs> this was an unplanned cat fact. Yeah, I didn't even make notes on this. Um, I just know this. The orange gene is, is found on the X chromosome, and uh, it's found in the same spot that the color brown, like the brown coat color is right. found on, on the X chromosome. So usually, because female cats have two Xs, um, if they happen to have one orange, there's a very low, there's a low chance of them having two oranges. So usually what you have is a calico with brown and oh. orange depending on where uh, their X chromosomes are activated. Because in female cells, you don't actually need two X chromosomes. So one is randomly deactivated in each cell, which is why they have these random calico patterns. I feel um, like I need to start doing punnet boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But um, so most of the time, it, it it's more common for orangeness to show up in, in the boy cats because they only have one X chromosome, and so it's not... Con like fighting with the other one, I guess, for dominance. No, not that's not really how it works. But um, so uh, yeah, I have one of those rare lady oranges, and um, her I name love is her. her name is Betty, and she's angry. She's beautiful. She's though. so angry. She is beautiful, and she judges me, <laughs> and she really wants me to let her in my room when I'm at home, and she will stick her foot under the door and make a little fist. <laughs> Remus did that when I had guests over. He would just like try to open. He actually figured out how to open doors. He's unstoppable. What do you have the pull down handles or like? The... Well, I don't. He figured out how to open like closet doors, like the oh yeah, yeah. like the pull out kind. Mm -hmm. oh, he's unstoppable. He keeps getting my stuffed animals, which I started hiding in the closet in the first place. So we your cat is the most like determined to destroy. Like, he's like a heat-seeking missile just for, like, <laughs> wires and various items that he shouldn't be chewed on. He stopped on wires lately. Oh, that's good. Said. He chewed yeah. through my phone charger when I was I'm watching him. I'm sorry listeners. about that. He chewed through, like, five of mine. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, he knocked over my plant, and he just beeped constantly. Yeah. Ah. But he's so huh? small. He's pretty small. He's so, small. so is his, his little his little head with his little brain in it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's a special boy. Um, mm. That boy ain't right. <laughs> uh, so I guess what was I gonna say? I, I feel like this segues into another fact. Uh, I didn't talk organize. About Europe. Go for it. Sure. Uh, so cats. <laughs> Cats didn't have a good rap in medieval Europe. No. Uh, and, and, like, the reasoning is super vague for it, but, 
like it, it, like I've heard that it find was a direct reason as because to they were why. promiscuous. At, like the same reason the Egyptians are like, oh yeah, the, well, the Europeans are like, oh no, we don't like that. Well, that's the thing. There were like multiple sources as to why the the Christian Europeans didn't like cats, and the one that I saw the most was that like. There was one writer who wrote, The devil playeth oft with the sinner like as the cat doth with the mouse. Mmm, nasty boys. Yeah, so like, they were just generally associated with the devil for no one specific reason. Uh, Yeah, just various cat... It was probably, you know, it was a meme, just like the Egyptian memes. Evil memes. Bad memes. They were like, oh, this cat, and then the meme got really... Yeah, dark memes. (laughs) <laughs> it, it it was kind of a Pepe situation, probably. Pepe um, was pure at one point. Yeah, well, that ain't anyway. Uh, <laughs> things went bad. <laughs> yeah, things went real bad. Anyway, uh, like during the 12th century, it was believed that like satanic rituals were conducted, and the devil would manifest as a black cat to his followers. And according to one quote, they feel after him, and when they have found him, they kiss him under the tail. And next to that, I just wrote "you" in like giant letters. <laughs> yeah. so it's very upsetting to me. Cat butts. Yeah, and then the Knights Templar were even put on trial in the 14th century, uh, with one accusation saying that they allowed cats to be included in their services. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. Bad. Bad. Um, witches were believed to be able to turn into cats. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, like, I think we nowadays associate them as, like, a, like familiar. a witch familiar. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they thought that witches could turn into cats. They also they thought, thought they could, could turn, turn into, into rabbits and, and various toads. other woodland critters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, have, I just keep thinking about the movie The Witch, where, like, the witch is, like, a rabbit. And it's, like, the, somehow they made this <laughs> rabbit, like, super creepy. And it's, like, watching them and they're, like, let's kill that rabbit. But instead, the, the boy the gets... rabbit kills them. Well, he doesn't kill them, but it's like, it's just a weird, creepy rabbit. It's just there. It's the like, second time you've mentioned that movie on this. It was a good movie. You should watch it. It's very spooky. Maybe I wouldn't I say it's scary, but it's spooky. And it, it yeah. like, takes it takes the whole, like, these people were terrified of witches. Here are their superstitions very seriously. And they, they even talk in the, the way that they talk. The old-timey uh, ways. Although, I guess this was said then if they include it in the movie but my friend and I were laughing so hard because there's a point in the movie where the woman goes our corn is trash <laughs> and I don't know why but now her name is is trash corn in my phone she's my little trash corn I'm really I don't do well with scary movies one time I saw it's the movie spooky. the woman in black and I cried <laughs> I don't think that was even supposed to be that scary it was really upsetting to me I, I I'm not a big scary was, movie person, but I like folklore and I like creepy movies. It was I very like scary, but also like I was I was angry that Daniel Radcliffe and his son died at the end. I was like they didn't. Well, deserve now that. I'll never see to that movie. This lady. You can't just give spoil. You're gonna have I'm to sorry, bleep that out. Black spoilers. <laughs> you, you're gonna like, have to like. Do, that's rude. You can't. If spoil you haven't movies. seen the Woman in Black at this point, you're probably not planning on seeing the Woman in Black. You don't know point. that. Maybe I wanted to see it. It's very annoying. <laughs> also, it was deeply startling to me. I wasn't even that young. I was in high school, and I was still really scared. I might have, have been in college. Have you seen actually. um? 
the the orphanage, the one by I think Guillermo del Toro. No. Did it? We're kind of off orphanage? topic here, but uh, that one was pretty spoopy. <laughs> Welcome to our horror movie podcast. <laughs> the spoops. It wasn't, but like a lot of these just to me aren't like super like you're Scary. terrified, but more like you're creeped out over long yeah, periods of time. I think Guillermo del Toro is more of like a like a creep out than a scare. Yeah, like in Pan's Labyrinth, too. Yeah. And, I love and also in his his more recent one, Crimson Peak, it wasn't scary. Oh, it that one wasn't some, scary at all. It wasn't scary at all, but it had some jump scares, and it, it was generally overall very creepy. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't I mean, frightening. I like the end of it a lot. I liked that movie a lot. I really I did. didn't like most of it, but you know how I don't like anything? <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> and you like things. everything. I like everything, and you like nothing. <laughs> Somehow it evens I, out. I didn't think it was a good movie, but I did like... I liked what it was trying to do, I yeah. guess. But then people were like, oh, Tom Hiddleston was so romantic in it. Yeah, no. I was like, no. <laughs> Sorry. It was not. <laughs> Did we watch the same movie? No, uh, <laughs> don't do that. Please. Please. Anyway. Anyway, we, we should get back cats. to cats. <laughs> uh, medieval people believe that animals were created by God to serve and be ruled by humans, but cats, they're super independent, even domestic cats. Like, mm-hmm. they cannot be trained like a dog. They will not. Well, um, it depends. Uh, yeah, but probably not very effectively. They, can, um, they can't be trained on just affection. They have to be very food motivated. But there are circus cats out there. There's like a Russian circus. Yeah, there's the Moscow circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that. So, <laughs> yeah, super fun. you can train cats. They just aren't as easy as dogs. Dogs are like, dogs will do anything. Dogs yeah. are whatever. Um, dogs are simple. This is going to be a low point in our podcast. The most depressing. Are you going to talk about cat burnings? I was going to talk about cat parades, so yeah. Uh, um, the Belgian city of Ypres. Ypres? Ypres? Ypres. Uh, it's Y-P-R-E-S. I don't know. Yip, yip. Papa, yip, yip. <laughs> Yip yip, the Belgian city of Yip Yip organized Kattenstot, uh, which is the I'm cat sorry, parade. I'm sorry, Belgium. The the, except not because of really what good you French did to fries cats. and waffles. They can deal with one city being pronounced like Yip Yip. Also, they did mean things to cats. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. If you did this horrible cat parade, I'm calling you Yip Yip. <laughs> You'll deal with it. Freaking Yip Yipper. Uh, during the Middle Ages, uh, Kattenstot or the cat parade was started. During which cats were tossed from the belfry mm. of the of the church in the middle of the town, uh, and they would also like burn cats, like mass burn them. Yeah, uh, there are some really horrible descriptions of the cat yeah. burnings that you can read oh, if boy. you're a sad person or a mean person. It was <laughs> very upsetting to learn. I didn't yeah. want to include it, but I figured it was important. It, it's and, culturally uh, significant. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. The, the, the cat parade is still held to this day, but uh, <laughs> it's long since been made humane and not a complete animal rights atrocity. The mm. people of Belgium now throw woolen cats out of the out of the belfry. So cats you know, I'm still not completely caught. satisfied by that. Then the reason they chose wool, this is my favorite little tidbit, the reason they chose wool was because during the Middle Ages, people would suck on wool for good luck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't imagine wanting a little bit of good luck enough to just suck on some wool. (laughs) 
And then they would end the festivities, they still do, with a mock witch burning. <laughs> oh, Europe. Top, You're so bad. evening. On a positive note. Hey, why are Europeans like that, though? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Europe, can we talk for a minute? Can we just get real close and, like, have a discussion? Like, why are you hey, like Europe? that? Europe, can we stop? Can we just, can you chill? Could you, do you need to talk to someone? Europe. Europe? Calm down. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. There was Let's one, see. there was one medieval king of Wales who really did try to do right by cats. Uh, Highwell Da, or Highwell the Good, uh, passed <laughs> so legislation. Good. He was so good. <laughs> He passed legislation making it illegal to harm or kill a cat. Oh, that's good. Thanks, Highwell Da. And then um, after he died, I'm assuming it all went back. To yeah, I don't know. That was in the garbage. 900s. So. <laughs> oh, the 900s. They were do you, progressive do you have any, time. Any last facts to top us off? Um, I, I have, have a, little a lot of facts that I'm just going to try and get out real quick before you Rapid stop fire. me. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, cats have whiskers. We all know this. We know. <laughs> but you. did you know that they don't just have them on their face? They have them on their little feet. Aww, um, they have a couple whiskers. on the back of their feet. And the whiskers help them when they are in small spaces that are dark. They help them see how small the space is, if they can fit through it. And on the ground, they use it to feel how the ground is. And uh, they also use it when biting into prey. Because when the prey is in their mouth, they can't see it. So the whiskers are like... Okay, this is the good spot to bite. And in fact, cats who uh, have whiskers cut off are, like, worse at killing. (laughs) So, things go bad. Um, Another fact, cats, uh, their clavicles, which are the part of your... Yeah, the the neck bones. Collar bones. Collar bones? Yeah, Yeah. collar bones. So their their collar bones aren't attached to the sternum, which is the front of their rib cage. And this is why they look so liquidy, because they can squeeze (laughs) in any space the same size as their head. So basically their shoulders can compress together because they're not attached and just get all, like... That's why, like, they, like, ooze off of things. (laughs) (laughs) I love the liquidity of of cats. Yeah, and I mean, people... And it's also because, um, unlike dogs, which are cursorial hunters, which means they chase their prey down over long distances, Mm -hmm. cats are ambush predators. So they're designed for stealth. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why they have those soft little feet and retractable claws so they don't make any noise and they keep them sharp and they sneak and then they wiggle their butts and that is actually presumed to um, dig their little claws into the dirt more so that they can spring, <laughs> you know, boing. Um But sometimes it fails and it's really funny. Cause yeah, my house is mostly just has a means no of entertainment. <laughs> oh, look, he's, he's wiggling his butt. <laughs> yeah, and then like on a linoleum floor or something, they get no traction. So they yeah. really don't go as far as they intend to, <laughs> which is why that, yeah, it's really funny. It's um, cute. And uh, so you know how Remus beeps? Yeah. Beep. Uh, that's actually called a chirp vocalization. And it was originally... Uh, a, a call to the mama who would beep Aww. back so that when she returned to her kittens after hunting, she could find them. And kittens use the beeps to tell which is their mom, which is their kitten, and so on. But now cats will actually do it with their owners. So if, like, your cat starts going, burp, burp, from another room and you answer it, you're just, like, he's getting that confirmation that uh, 
oh, you're there. I'm here. You're there. I'm here. Okay, I'll go to you. Maybe I won't. You know, kind of situation. Was, so go me. ahead and, and meow back at your cat. They probably like it. Um, and uh, I guess... Cats have object permanence. Stop spreading the oh. lie that they don't. They, uh, the original research that they did with that... Yes, uh, the original study was like, they don't have object permanence, but the fact was that cats are A, really difficult research subjects, um, and (laughs) they they were using toys, and the cats, like, didn't care about the toys, so they weren't cooperating, and it just looked like they were stupid, but they just didn't care. (laughs) So when they repeated the experiments with food, suddenly, oh, we have object permanence now. (laughs) So, (laughs) again, they... They, they, yeah, and I was reading some really funny interviews of scientists who have, like, tried to work with cats, and they're like, never again. <laughs> um, because, uh... You did first, a few cat studies. Would you work with cats again? Uh, I would, but I would do a lot of things differently. <laughs> because, again, they are not core... And, and I was lucky because I was working with cats in their home, and they weren't so much my experimental condition. My experimental condition was on the people. I did a uh, study on cat meows once. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and uh, the my advantage was I was working with cats in their own homes because cats are extremely neophobic, which means they're scared of new things, especially new places. Mm-hmm. They're very territory-based animals, and which is why they rub on things. They like it to smell like them. That's very comforting to them. Um, so if you bring a cat into a lab, it is not going to do anything you want <laughs> because it is freaked out. Um, and then even if you're in it with the home, like the cat may be shy. Many cats are very shy. Many cats just don't uh, have not enough motivation to like interact with you socially the way dogs do. So one researcher was like, yeah, I found that um, fish are easier to work with than cats. <laughs> just like, Yeah. Um, yeah, and so people say cats aren't as domesticated as dogs, and I would argue that dogs are not a good benchmark for any animal Uh, measure, because dogs are extremely weird. They're, like, a huge outlier. Like, stop comparing animals to dogs, because they (laughs) don't make any sense. Um, so if cats aren't socialized, um, to humans between two and seven weeks old, they will basically be feral forever. Like you will not get that cat to be a pet. It will not want anything to do with you. So they do have a very sharp, like critical socialization period. But then like, if you do socialize them well, they are just complete. Well, Remus was feral until like he was a stray until he was about five months old and, and then they brought him in and that's when I He was probably socialized to some extent though. Uh, Even a lot of feral kittens are picked up and handled by people, and they live around people. So, yeah. Um, Good boy. Yeah, he does not act like a feral cat. He loves people. Yeah. um, Feral cats are... people at the door. I used to work at a vet, and feral cats, the true feral cats, like, you could not touch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would be come in as part of a trap neuter release program, and um, oh yeah yeah yeah, and uh, so basically they would come in in the trap and in, to um, like knock them out to give them give them the gas. Um, we wouldn't even take them out of the trap. We would put a trash bag around the trap and then put the gas in because there was no handling them. Um, and then when we finished the surgery, I felt really bad for them. But it was like uh, we put them back in the trap and like wouldn't touch when, them. 
it was your job to to like individually take the hair off of cat testicles yes uh, i also plucked some cat balls um because when <laughs> they're too small to be shaved <laughs> on little kittens so you have to pluck them by hand before surgery <laughs> i'm like sorry asked... it's just what you have to do <laughs> one time i asked lydia i can't tell if he's been neutered or not can you tell and then she was like do you mind and then she just grabbed remus and squeezed his testicles and she's like he's neutered and it's like you can just grab the beans like that yeah just grab them and, and if it feels like a little empty bag then yes the neutering is it, it feels like they've got little jelly beans in there otherwise listen i've been around my share of cat balls in my day <laughs> Uh, oh man. So we're we're running a little long and I have a little last segment that I want to do. Okay, I have one is, more uh, too. Cats with jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, did you ever watch that old terrible Animal Planet show K9 to 5 about dogs no. with jobs? I love that. <laughs> it it had like a theme song that was and it had like a dog with going to like a cartoon job and it was like K9 to 5 gotta get to work or something. I used to watch it when I was like sick in the mornings on Animal Planet. Anyway. Anyway, this is Cats with Jobs. A feline, to, feline to five. Meow meow to five. That doesn't work. Uh, Empress Elizabeth, the daughter of Peter the Great, issued a decree in Pilder. 1745 that the biggest cats be sent immediately from Kazan to the court of her imperial <laughs> majesty, working as mousers. Uh, excuse me. Similarly, Chief Mouser to the Cabinet Office is the official title of the resident cat of the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom at 10 Downing Street. Four Makes cats sense. have been given the title officially, but many others have been called Chief Mouser by the press affectionately. And this, there's been a resident treasury or Downing Street cat employed as a mouser and pet since the reign of Henry VIII, <laughs> when Cardinal Wolsey placed his cat by his side while acting in his judicial capacity as Lord Chancellor in 1515. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what good cats. And what about Tama? Yep, Tama the cat worked as a station master at Kishi Station in Wakayama, Japan. Didn't she, she basically sta save the train? She did, and now the train has pictures of her all over the outside, and the inside is decorated to look really nice. If you get a chance, please look it up. She has since been, uh, well, she unfortunately passed away, mm -hmm. uh, but the Japanese have deified her. She is now a goddess in the Japanese Shinto pantheon. Yes. <laughs> and she has been succeeded by her deputy, Nitama, which means Tama, Tama too. Tama <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so um, good. Katmando. Katmando um, served as the joint leader of Britain's official monster-raving loony party from 1999 to 2002, alongside his owner, Howling Lod Hope. Uh, so Why the, is Europe like that? Well, the official Monster Raving Looney Party is a is a parody political party. It's like a tongue-in-cheek mm. option for when people don't want to vote for any of the real candidates because they all suck. Is um, it? <laughs> say. Everybody's it was, UKIP. Yeah. Ooh, political. Ooh. <laughs> Look so out. It, it was started by a man called Screaming Lord Such. Um, and then that's, after that's so he British. passed away. That's very yeah, After British. he passed away... Uh, Howling Lod Hope ran against his pet cat, Pet Mando, for leadership of the party, and it resulted in a tie, so they were joint leaders of the party. The cat didn't win? No, weirdly he didn't. Uh, a cat who did win an election was Stubbs the Cat, the mayor of Talkeetna, Alaska, 
since July 1997. Uh, <laughs> he works out of Nagley's general store, which now doubles as the mayor's office. <laughs> and every night he enjoys water out of a wine glass laden with catnip. Mm. Uh, he has had many brushes with death, including falling into a deep fryer. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> ending up on a truck going out of the city. And being shot at by teenagers with BB guns. Oh my god. But he Stubbs. is still alive oh, and well. Protect him. Please his protect him. Stubbs because he doesn't have a tail. Oh my goodness. I'm um, concerned for him. <laughs> and in, in 1876, in the Belgian city of Liege, uh, the post office attempted to hire cats to control their mail <laughs> delivery system. <laughs> And the plan was to tie waterproof bags full of mail around the cat's necks. And unless the messengers were (laughs) the messengers were waylaid by dogs, quote unquote, the messages would be delivered quickly and safely. This was not the case. I would imagine not. Who thought of this? What happened was they took a bag of cats out into a field. And they let them go, and they wanted to see if they would be able to find their way home, and they did within, like, five hours. And they were like, wow, this would make an incredible mail delivery system, and it did. Uh, yeah. Again. Hmm. Not a lot of, not a lot of thunking. Oh, man. Well, let me get my, uh, do you have more jobs? Nope, those are all the cat jobs. Those are all the cat jobs. Eventually people realize we should stop employing cats. Uh, I would say they realize that cats make the best employees. Um, (laughs) So anyway, I want to end with uh, a new study that just recently came out um, Mm -hmm. in that cats have the ability to interpret human expressions. And uh, this comes as a shock to many people who think that, oh, cats are independent, they're emotionally distant. Comes as a shock to me. They don't... (laughs) Well, they don't, uh, they're not like dogs who, you know, read our every thought or whatever. But no, cats, uh, can interpret human emotions in that they will, they're more likely to approach a smiling human than a frowning one. Like, they're Aww. like, that, that's a friend. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, they also can interpret, um, pointing and other human gestures. Like, they know that pointing means go to the food. Um, the same as dogs do, but unlike dogs, um, when they're given an impossible problem, like some really mean researchers gave them food that was like under a bucket, but then they tied the bucket to something so it couldn't be tipped over. Mm. And so when dogs are presented with this problem, they gave up pretty fast and they would like look at their owners like, please, please. (laughs) But cats just wouldn't give up and like they would not like solicit help. So, and, and this is... You would be like, oh, cats are so much more independent than dogs. It's just a cat thing. But in fact, it's a dog thing because dogs are weird. Um, (laughs) Because if you do the same thing with wolves, again, they just keep trying and they don't try to solicit help even if they're reared by humans. So dogs are weird. Cats are more like normal animals. Listen. Um, But uh, they they are quite intelligent from what we can gather because, again, they're really hard study subjects Mm -hmm. they're intelligent they can learn by observation and so if you have a kitten and it watches its mom use a lever to get food the kitten is more likely to learn that and they're more likely to learn if they're watching their mom than a stranger Mm. so you know they have i would too (laughs) yeah i mean they trust their mama uh and they're probably paying more attention to their mama and um 
so yeah, and uh, they they uh, have they, so they they use their vocalizations in very unique ways. Uh, like wildcats do not really meow as adults; that right. they don't really vocalize, but cats do all the time. And this is an infantile behavior, and they Nyatni. have a lot of yeah, nyatni, uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, but they have a lot of infant behaviors, uh, which is common in domestication. Um, but they also know how to use their meows to manipulate people because feral cats also don't meow a lot. So it is only an, a human owned cat thing. So they direct those meows straight at us. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they have also some, one researcher found that in, in a certain frequency of purring, it's the same when a cat is hungry, it'll use this specific purr, and it's the same frequency of a baby crying, of a human mm -hmm. baby crying. So it's very hard for us to ignore. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not sure if this is something that's learned or if it's something that the cats have just been now so long with humans that they just programmed to do it, but it's pretty wild. So cats... Oh, um, so wild. Cats are... Cats are a lot more social and friendly than people think. I mean, even it, it, compared to wild cats, they even did a study where, like, um, so so when a cat is in a rural area where there's not a lot of food, mm -hmm. they tend to live solitary lives and only meet to mate and have, like, territories that they patrol. Um, but um, in, in cities where there's a lot of food, they tend to live in colonies. Um, right. But wild cats, even when there's a lot of food, they don't do this. So right. cats have a much more social aspect to them. And they'll even help raise each other's kittens mm -hmm. um, in these colonies. So cats. I love cats. They're good. Yeah. Um, a plus cats. I love Don't you. burn them or throw them. From the belfry. <laughs> From the uh, belfry. Don't do that, please. <laughs> Where are you finding all these belfries? And cats. Like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. The Nyan's. Uh, that's our podcast for this week. Hope you liked it. Uh, again, we do have an email. That's wildpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, please send us an email if you have comments, corrections, suggestions, questions, stories you would like us to maybe read on the show. I don't know. Uh, if you want to sponsor us because we both want to buy the Nintendo Switch. We really want the Nintendo Switch. We really want to play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I really so want if you, to if, get hey, all up in Warby Parker, Link. Warby Parker, Blue Apron, HelloFresh, Bomba Socks. Oh, you got listening? real close to the mic there. If you're listening, hey, we will sell ourselves to capitalism. I'll pretend to like all of those things for you. I actually do like Warby Parker. I wear their glasses. <laughs> but I won't say that. Until you start giving yeah, us money. We, we hate them for now. Yeah. We hate you guys until you start giving us money. <laughs> oh, man. Eventually, we'll buy better microphones. But first, the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch is more important. It's my birthday in two days, guys. It's my birthday in July. <laughs> Listen, it's my birthday in two days. So please email That's Wild uh, podcast. Yeah, just send, like, an envelope full of money. Well, no, no, send it to the email address saying happy birthday to me, please. Send yeah. me some birthday wishes. Yeah. And, um, Help us monetize this I'd podcast. like to give a shout-out to Hannah, who asked for more puns. No, but that's <laughs> only because we don't have your pun. gift. 
you should come on on the show and do one about primates. Do a lot of yeah. primate puns. If you're an animal researcher and you want to guest star on our show, <laughs> and our amazing email. popular show, our amazing popular <laughs> show, that's wild. Hey, Jane Goodall, if you're listening. Hey, Jane. Hey. Hey, Jane. Hey, JG. I saw you at UF. <laughs> I saw you talk once. <laughs> hey, yo, Jay. What's up? Hey, Jeff Corwin. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Chef. I used to watch you talk about snakes on the Animal Planet. You're, you're, you want to be on our show? They're good snakes, Jeff. They're good, they're good snakes, Jeff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we love you. I love we'll you. Think of a, we'll think of a good sign-off eventually, but for right now, it's we love you. Thanks to Tinkle and... Um, uh, Thanks to Tinkle and my friend Zappa John. Zappa, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, Zappa. I'm very tired. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Leave us a review on iTunes. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. Meow.